Zane Lowe, Apple Music. Hey, what's up? I'm Zane, and thanks for joining us for another conversation right here on the interview series. We're over a hundred conversations now deep. Today's conversation is going to be very special. It's somewhat bittersweet in the sense that at one point it was going to happen in Hawaii. One guess as to who I'm talking to today. Yep. Jack Johnson, as a singer-songwriter, has established himself as one of the world's most instantly recognizable voices and most popular due to his innate ability to take life's ups and downs and present them in the most reduced and refined way. This is the Jack Johnson sound. He's built a life for himself from the beginning out in Hawaii where he gets to pursue his passions of not just making music, but of course surfing and also working on sustainable living and building farms that better serve the community. He's a man of the earth. He walks the walk as much as he talks the talk, but he doesn't talk much. There aren't that many interviews really where Jack Johnson is willing to reveal that much of himself because in my experience at his core, he's actually a pretty private, pretty reserved, shy kind of person. So even though we didn't get a chance to go out and hang out in his natural environment in Hawaii, that was on me, I couldn't make it. He was kind enough to swing past one of the Apple Music Radio studios where we had a really relaxed but very frank conversation about music and, of course, life. Because without both, we don't get the full Jack Johnson experience. I think you're going to love this. Thanks for stopping by. Stick around. It blows my mind how you start this album, bro. Like, first of all, gentle fade. I feel like I'm in your backyard or your front yard. It's so wide open. And there's so much atmosphere and just, I don't know, I'm used to you with the capo, but I sort of feel like maybe you just kind of kept it open right. on this one, but it's just... Yeah, it, there was all, yeah, not much capo on this record. Little D and a little G action, yeah. right? And then just like the opening lyric is just establishes the whole thing in the most beautiful way. Because Why is it so hard to find an open mind? Zane's playing guitar right now, it's not me. I'm finding it so hard to keep an open mind. You know the next chord? What is it? Uh, you know, it's a it's an open tuning for me, so I'm watching your hands. I don't even know what the chords were for this song. I think it's an E minor. Yeah, too embarrassed right now. You got through it. Let me tune this one. Hang on. Hopefully, I'm a key. There you go. Yeah, we're pretty good. Let's do it. So um, let me figure these out. It's, it's Y. That'd be an A, I think. Yeah, you don't have to go open. Say, yeah, say yeah, where you yeah, were. Yeah, it's yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah there, and then, um, and then it goes to a, a back to a D, and then a G. Oh, oh, beautiful! Let me get in this thing. Then it's a G, so it's a E yeah. minor. I'm a little out of tune, but let's do it. So from the top. Yeah. I'm finding it so hard to keep an open mind. Oh, I'm so out of tune. It's cool, though. I'm finding it so hard to keep an open mind. Out of tune you play. is better. Keep playing, keep playing. Out of tune is better. But open up the windows, there's a storm inside. Yeah, we, That's there it. we go, there we go. Let the wind blow in the rain Wash away the shiny little things Trying to find the way into my mind That's it, yeah, nice Dude, it's so <laughs> epic, man 
bit where you just shine it and you just descend, you cascade down in the hole. From that moment, there's a freedom in this album, bro. There's a freedom. Yeah, thank you. You hear it. Appreciate it. You hear it. And and it's not that it's not without its questions and it's not without its its turmoil. And one of the things I think that's so beautiful about your music is that, you know, you put us in a place of of it's almost meditation when we listen. But what you're asking and what you're saying, man, you're not unafraid to face them in a turmoil. Like it's you go deep in in some parts on this record. Oh, thanks. Uh it's always there's a strange part of it right now. Like you put a, the songs out and then you start. And then we start telling you about them. <laughs> yeah. So no, I, I joke that it's kind of like seeing a psychiatrist, but it really is because sometimes yeah. it helps me figure out what the songs are even about. Like yeah. once I have to actually dig in, because really, I mean, the little ideas will come out of nowhere. And then the songwriting process for me is like that whatever that original spark was, I'll just try to start asking myself a question. Like what am I, what's, why is that line looping in my brain right now? What does yeah. it mean? You know, and so um, that's your inner voice, man. That's your inner voice talking to yeah. you. How so, good are you at recognizing that it's speaking to you? Because a lot of us just find ways to distract ourselves. And when you're present, you know, because it almost like it, it almost asks you to say it out loud. Yeah, no, it's true. And it's um, I don't know. Sometimes I ignore. Sometimes I you know go for a while where I just um, I got other things going on and I'm not really thinking about writing songs at mm -hmm. all. And then there's like a time where I, I think. I'm going to try to get all these scraps of paper together that I've kind of like written down one or two lines and then just yeah. see what's going on and see if I can put them together. And it's fun. It's like, I feel like um, sometimes I get to play the role of a songwriter and other times I just don't even think of myself as that at all. You know, it's just like, I'm dad, I'm, I'm working on this farm over here. We got this yeah. new farmer building in Hawaii that like a lot of my time's there. And I, I don't think about the songwriting for a while, but then it's funny because when I start reflecting on things like the metaphors in my mind are a lot of the things that I've been working on there you know so it's like i don't know real experiences obviously always uh help songs it's like if i just sit there thinking about in a room that's quiet trying to write songs and you don't take well you're in, forcing you, yeah it, you got nothing to put out so it's like yeah. it's more important as a songwriter i think to have real experiences and then you can share them that's everything i think sometimes you know when we're given this opportunity or we create an opportunity for ourselves we're so scared to let it go that we try and force ourselves to keep it going yeah yeah, yeah. it's like force it force it right, force right, it right. We spoke about this a couple of conversations ago, but but this album still continues to just blow me away that you seem to have this, I wouldn't even say confidence. It doesn't come down to confidence in my mind. It's just some kind of innate instinct to know that you should you should let go at this point. You shouldn't hold on to it. Don't force it. Mm -hmm. It's okay. It'll come back when it's ready. No, I think you're right. You know, you, you, do, um, you do have to kind of let it go. It's always a weird editing process for me. It's like I try not to think about the fact that people will hear them as you're writing them. That's hard. But it's difficult. That's I mean, hard. And then... I really do more of the editing of like, what am I comfortable to share after I've already kind of finished writing them? Wow. Okay. That is crazy because, um, I mean, that has got to be one of the most challenging parts, if not the most challenging part of it, because the fact that you've written them belies your inner voice and the desire for, to, to, to share and to get mm -hmm. it out. Yeah. And then you allow some kind of analysis to, to, to play a part. Yeah. Kind of have to, and like the, the easiest example to do it on, and it's kind of the funniest one is like, I always say that like the love songs, they're really just jokes. Like um, they're all just trying to make my wife laugh. And it's like most of the time it's because I've forgotten an anniversary or I've forgotten it's a birthday or whatever it is. I like wake up and I'm like, oh, got to really quickly get something together here. So I'll just start doing something I know is going to like make her happy. And then some of those are so personal I don't ever share them and they're just for her. Yeah, you know, or like, that's beautiful. Or sometimes in the past it's been for my mom for something and I'll write something that is just uh, for her. 
And then sometimes there's like one little thing in there that I know is kind of universal and I'll take that and I'll maybe build off of that. Or sometimes the funny little one that made her laugh that, well, the easiest example to give. Yeah. Let me retune this thing a little bit. Okay, good night. But there's one time I, wo- I woke up uh, in the middle of the night and I wrote this song, um, No Other Way, which I'd have to freaking retune it again. But it, that one is a... Uh, is the one that's like, uh, when your mind is a mess, so is mine. I can't sleep because it hurts when I think the thoughts that keep me up. But it's about like having trouble sleeping. And I wrote the song and I woke up in the morning and I wanted to share it with my wife. And I played it for her and we were in the kitchen or whatever. And she barely paid attention, you know, and then um, and I was kind of frustrated. And so then I was like, I still had the guitar in my hand and I was like, you hardly even notice when I try to show you. The song is meant to keep you from doing what you're supposed to, like waking up to a... I started playing that like... And that was just a freestyle. Like more, it, it wasn't perfect like that yet, but it was like the, the bare bones of that version. It was, you hardly even notice when I try to show you this song. Yeah. And she turned around, she's like, I like that one though. <laughs> and then so like... <laughs> and so anyways, then sure enough, that little joke becomes, you know, probably the most popular song on that album. Yeah, because what happened was you got inside the human condition in, in, in real time. Yeah. You know, again, it's that like, hey, I've written this thing in my mind. I've mapped it out. Yeah. I'm going to write this, play it to you. You're going to be really yeah, touched. Yeah, right. And and I've just, I've written this. It's yeah. in my head. I've mapped it out. Right, right. Of course it's going to go like this. Yeah. And then, you know, human <laughs> beings, we show each other that we have zero yeah. fucking control over yeah, any yeah. of that. It, you know what I've seen? I love, did you see that movie where, um, I feel bad, I don't remember the title right now, but it's the movie where the only one guy has the whole Beatles catalog in his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called, um, it's called, what's it, Yesterday? Yeah, yeah, yeah yesterday. that was, I really enjoyed watching yeah. that. And then, um, and the, uh, the, the part I love is when he's trying to show Hey Jude yeah. or something. It's like one of the greats and the parents keep going like, hang on, I'm going to get a cup of tea or whatever. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, I'm about, I'm trying to play you the greatest song. I know. And I guess like in that moment is that, you know, I'm trying to share. I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. It's like, this is a good one. And, and, and let me add something to that because what, what we didn't realize, because I like that film too. When we saw that film, what we didn't realize is that sometime later, there'd be a documentary series called Get Back, which would actually yeah. show that that happened in real life. Yeah. And I don't know if you've seen it, but there's scenes in there where yeah, McCartney, the songs ever and McCartney's like writing letter B. Yo, your man is reading the sports pages in the Daily Telegraph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loved all that too. It was so good. That so con- I, I feel like there's been so many conversations among the band members and my band, just like musician friends. Yeah, it's so fun to watch, the, just to realize the Beatles had to wake up and work on their songs too. It's not like they just had them. No, you know what I mean. You see them struggling, and the struggles, the yeah. beauty, and it's so. Uh, yeah, I mean, they couldn't honestly. They were. What was beautiful was watching the banality of it all, watching the yeah. the moments when, um, you know, John Lennon just couldn't be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I would rather just sh- talk and and hang out with yeah, my yeah, wife yeah. and just like McCartney's like, uh, what did he do? It was like, um, what song did he do? It was like, uh, maybe we'll just say it was let it let it be. And and John's like something like, you're gonna do. Let it be, yeah. let it be, and he's like trolling him. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That really dramatic song you wrote, Paul. Yeah. That's gone on to sound. There was one part I know. wasn't sure if it was like a passive aggressive disc from George Harrison, where he goes, uh, "One of them have been singing, and I think there's like a line that repeats. Maybe it was like uh, Don't let me down,' yeah, or something." And he goes, "What's that one going to be called?" Don't let me down. I felt like it was like <laughs> it was totally. It was like gotta give him a little stab of like you said that lyric enough kind of a thing. I forget what song I was. Can about. you imagine being in a band though? I mean, dude, it, it, your whole team is like blown away that you're with Blake. I mean, it's like for you to get into a place where you know you're able yeah. to open yourself up is no is no small thing. And I'm glad that you did because the sound of this record, what you and Blake, the chemistry that you've developed through this album, I would describe it as just very, very beautiful, thoughtful 
Music. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. I really, really can't say enough about the guy. Blake, it's, um, you know, we're texting this morning, just joking around stuff. It's just nice to have a new friend. Like, yeah, I feel yeah. like we've just, we've developed a friendship over the course that was really great. And same with Joseph Lorge, the, the guy who's the engineer on the record. Yeah. Just beautiful humans. And you first get into a room with somebody you don't know that well. We talked a bunch on the phone. We decided to give it a try. So I came over. And what I liked about him is, you know, we started talking about what it would all mean. And I didn't know him too well yet. And so like, um, I didn't know if we're, are we agreeing we're doing a record or what are we doing here? And he was, he was really cool. Cause he said, you know what, let's not even like let all that other stuff that happens between, um, you know, the, the, the managers and whatnot, let's just get together and make music for a week. And let's just decide if we like hanging out and everything. And, um, so I was like, oh, okay, good. He's like that. That's great. And so we got together and you know, it's like, it's weird. You're all of a sudden you're in a studio with somebody you don't know that well, and it takes a few days. But when you spend 12 hours a day together, you get to know each other really quick. And um, man, I mean, anybody who knows or seen him play, he's like one of the greatest guitar players alive right now. He's like so good. It's it, He just doesn't always show it off. But when you see how easily his pinky goes like all the way to the other side of the neck while he's playing, but it's just like the most... Uh, kind of just very subtle thing that he's doing but it's so hard when you watch his hand like i can't believe the chords he can do and stuff and so but he's serving the purpose of the yeah, song yeah exactly he always supports the part like yeah it that was one thing i thought was so nice he never there was never a time where i had to be like oh don't you think you should tone it back every part he would play was just supporting whatever the song was you yeah. know and he would just add something that well blake understands space man yeah, yeah he really appreciates and values space so well and he um yeah, he's just really talented at what he does. And it was, um, took me a while. Like once you gain that trust, then it was like, mm. it was really fun once I had the trust because then he'd make a suggestion. I knew it was worth at least trying. And we had this kind of thing going with like lyrics where I would ask him, why don't you just tell me if there's like a part that maybe you don't feel um, is the strongest, let me know. And then I'll go work on that. Lyrically. Lyrically. Wow. Even. Yeah, and I hadn't done that much in yeah. the past, you know. And, um, and so he would be like, I feel like this line maybe isn't getting across like, of what you're trying to say. Like, I hear what you're trying to say, but I'm not sure it's like, it's clear to everyone else. And then, so I'd go home and then I'd work on it and then I'd come back and either be like, no, you're wrong. I love that line. Or I'd be like, you know, I, I checked it out and here you try this. And he'd be like, yeah, that improves it. And it was cool because he would also understand when I'd be like, no, I like this and I'm going to keep this. Then he wouldn't keep pushing on that, you know, lyrically that was where, and then musically it was really cool because he would keep pushing. There was times where I'd be kind of like, no, no, I don't want this. And he's like, just, okay let's try another version we try it and then we'd abm and i'd be like you're right that one's better you know like so anyways and then it'll go the other way a few times you know at the very beginning you mentioned i think the key word here which is friendship yeah i yeah. think that we don't often bring that up amongst artists i very rarely talk about the concept of friendship with musicians it's it's always about the art or the collaborators or who joined on what song or this or that or any of the things that kind of make up the overarching kind of construct but friendship is crucial and it's something that actually you probably value more when you start to kind of ex relationships change shape mm -hmm. when you when you start releasing music touring it's like oh i can have friends with this person but also i pay them to be on the road and yeah right, right so a lot of it gets really confused and i just sort of want to focus on that for a second because all of that's beautiful but none of it would have existed unless you felt like you could actually find a friend in this person i feel like yeah. that's the crucial part for you it, it definitely is. I think um, life's too important to spend time with people that you don't consider friends. You Even know I mean? for the pursuit of greatness. Yeah. I mean, in my case, I think there's there's documentaries I've watched where I've realized people have sacrificed mm. personal things to make great art. And I can respect that. Like, I'm glad that music exists or that art. Uh, but that's just not for me. Like, in my, in my world, 
I feel so lucky I get to do this. Like, I can't believe I get to wake up and go in the studio and make music and get to go on tour. And like, just two days ago, we walked in and we got to rehearse for the first time in five years. And walking around, just seeing JJ, like my initials spray painted on the side of all these cases. And I was like, holy cow, this is all like based on my music. This is so weird. Like, music is a trip, you know? It's like, a trip. We all get together and a bunch of friends get to play music. And then it's magic. All the guys at my guitar tech, he lives down the street from me in, um, in Hawaii and like, Every, the piano tech, just a good friend. Everybody's friends at this point. We've had the same crew for like 20 years. We've been really lucky. The same guy who does our front of house used to do the clubs with us when they were half full. And um, he can honestly come back and tell me like, whoa, you guys kind of like smashed it tonight or you guys were horrible tonight. And, and I can, he, he never has to be a yes guy. He can yeah. come back and he can tell me because he's seen every show and he knows he can just be honest with me. And um, anyways, I don't know. It's just in my life, I just always, I never wanted to feel like I was wasting time with people I didn't want to be around. So mm -hmm. been really lucky like that. It's just always my wife and my best friend are my managers, you know? And so I probably told the story last time, but there was like a time I got a phone call and, um, and I, we, me and Emmett Malloy, who's in the other room right now, he was um, listening. So we, uh, we were making a surf movie and we were editing. I get a phone call that somebody from a uh, uh, producer wanted to meet me. They'd heard this little demo I made and I was like, Okay, cool. And, I, and they said, do you want me to call your manager or will you let your manager know? And I didn't have a manager. I was making surf films. We were editing this like movie. We were barely, I was sleeping on Emmett's floor at that point, you know? And so then like, <laughs> so I start kicking him. I was like, oh, I said, I'll, um, I'll tell my manager. And I don't know, it was like a George Costanzmo where I just totally lied, you know? And I was like, oh no, I just told them I'll tell my manager. I don't have one. And so like Emmett came with me just to pretend like he's my manager. And then we started reading books, like how to be a manager. And that was my wife and him just kind of figured out how to manage an artist and that's where it all started from there. It's just all friends. Well, it's beautiful because you get to figure it out together. Like, I, th I do think that there's a, too much emphasis placed on the idea of somebody has talent and goes and meets somebody who is used to working with people with talent. Mm -hmm. And then they're supposed to fit together in some kind of magical union. And I yeah. think what's beautiful about what you're saying is that you make mistakes together. Mm -hmm. You achieve things together. Yeah. You make decisions together. Yeah. And if you ever wobble, if you ever have a moment, which I'm sure you have at various points in your life where I'm like, at best, I'm not ready to make a record right now. At worst, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. Mm. It's a very small group of people you have to have that conversation with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sure. the investment is different. Yeah. It's not just no, business. Right. It's personal. They know you. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's something beautiful about sharing like the real, like the moments that go horrible. Because, yeah. you know, there's been like a lot of highlights, but there's like all these moments I look back, they were like, you would call them the low points, I guess. But when you have a friend right there, then you can look back and they become like those moments where you look back and laugh. Like, remember how bad that was? And it's just like this funny thing with your friend that you're that you went through you know um it's like a far side comic i remember where these two guys are in a tree and there's like these tigers like jumping up and almost getting them and they're like explorers and they have that funny hats on they're like hanging there and one guy goes hey someday we're gonna look back and laugh but like the funny part you know they're not gonna make it through it these lions are gonna eat them yeah but like uh and i think about that a lot because like there's one show and um we were in england somewhere and the crowd was so quiet but it wasn't like one of those shows where you wanted the crowd to be quiet. We were trying to kind of like Rock out. make a dance show. Yeah. It was like, it was a big enough audience that we were just trying to play like the, the upbeat tunes. And then this crowd was so quiet. And um, and then at, at some point, this girl in the front row goes, I want your babies. And um, which that gets yelled from time to time. It's not like all the time, but you hear that. That's just like a cliche you hear, right? And so, and for some reason, I said, "Well, I'm I'm not going to give them to you because I already had kids at that yeah, point." Yeah, like yeah, my, yeah. my joke, and you having a bad show. It was well, the show was just quiet. It wasn't bad. But we were just like so. It was anxious, you know. Yeah. And so then I was like, "I'm going to keep them, I'm not giving them to you." I thought it was funny, and Zach thought it was funny, but nobody in the crowd laughed at all. But me and Zach started getting the giggles. The piano player in my band, and then he goes, 
I thought it was the funniest thing I ever heard in my life. He goes, oh, I got a, you guys got a real Rumpelstiltskin vibe around here. Because <laughs> you know the deal? Like, he has to, whatever. It's like, the, he has to, the girl has to make And he says goal. this on the mic. He says it on the mic, and nobody else even, like, chuckled. But me and Zach got the giggles, and um, and we couldn't stop. And, like, the next, like, three songs, I couldn't even play them. And then it was like, I don't know, like, the, if you have those memories, but it was like from seventh grade when you fart in class, and you and your friend can't stop laughing. And you, you know, know you're going to end up in trouble. The teacher's like, you know hey, you're you in guys trouble. better stop, and they make you go sit outside for a little while. <laughs> like, I have a vivid memory of that exact thing. You guys happened. were breaking up with the audience but in real time. Like you were yeah. actually breaking up. Like, if every night is a new relationship, yeah. you guys were like, it's not working out, but you still had nine songs to play. <laughs> yeah, and if, if I had gone through that alone, I would always think back and it'd probably bring me anxiety of like, oh man, that was so... But it, because Zach and I, like, we can bring it up together, yeah, yeah. just going back to the friendship thing, it's like, then nothing's really... You can get through all of it because it's just kind of like these fun experiences you had together. What's the best show? Mm, I mean... This depends on for what, I guess. Um, Brazil is like pretty amazing when you play in Brazil, like the amount of energy that comes back at you. Yeah. And there's been some moments where it's just like you could kind of like stop playing your instruments and like half the crowd will sing the the music part and half the crowd will sing the lyrics and wow. stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, it gets crazy there. Where wow. it's, it's overwhelming at times, but it's cool. Yeah. So those are some of the most memorable ones, I think, for the live shows in Brazil. You know, you can really hear home on this record as well. Um, I know there was, it began somewhere, but, but it ended up in Hawaii and you can hear it. I can, not just in the comfort of the performance of, of, of being in a familiar surrounding, but it's weird, dude. I can actually feel like I can hear the air mm. on the record. That's cool. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I hope so. That's cool. I mean, I'm glad it feels like that. And it's, yeah, my family's like around in the studio a lot and like in between recording, like if we're getting a new song up, like we're just jamming in there and having fun. And yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's very home atmosphere. It's just my garage. Um, then my brother helped me kind of put up these walls that divide it and everything. How old are the kids now? Oh, uh, I got, they're all teenagers basically. They're wow. Right. It's the most brilliant, humbling, enthusiastic, exciting, completely disinterested experience of my life, right? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like one day it's like, what up pops? And you get the hug yeah, you're yeah. waiting for. And the next day it's just like the grunt you've never experienced <laughs> right, before right, yeah. of disinterest. Um, your experience, you know, working from home effectively, except when you're on the road, you get to work from home. You get to spend a lot of time at home. Mm -hmm. What's it been like? Kind of get, what's your lifestyle like, your balance like? You know, it's been a strange couple of years for everybody. That's just kind of the reality of it. And yeah. it's, um, but like on the positive side, like a couple positives that came out of that was like in Hawaii, when the pandemic began, it was um, sort of this worry about where, whether our food would be able to get shipped in because a lot of the food shipped into Hawaii. Yeah. And it was like a nice time to start like really supporting the the local farmers yeah. and kind of figuring that out. So it was really heartwarming to see how the community came together to like support the local farmers and the farmers were the heroes of providing the food and everything. And um, And then for me personally, it was just like, you know, it was nerve wracking at first being a parent and like seeing the whole world get in a strange place. But it was also a lot of just kind of hunkering down with the kids and a lot of board games, yeah. a lot of card games yeah. and like watching a whole series of movies and, you know, like figuring out exactly how the Star Wars universe all works when they watch like even the cartoons and stuff, you know. Isn't it crazy watching them develop their own lane in life too? Like you think, all right, I work from home. I have a studio in the garage. I hang out with my friends. We make musical. We don't. There's a lot of kind of activity from within the circle. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people have to travel. A lot, a lot yeah, of parents yeah. have to go on, the, fly 5,000 miles once a month to go and make the money and the kids don't get to experience that. Mm -hmm. I feel like your kids have a front row seat to yeah. life as you've built it. Yeah, and it's like, that's a big balance for me is just like trying to give them as normal of a life, getting to experience all the strangeness of my life and seeing it and just trying to make sure we communicate enough that this is all pretty abnormal. Yeah. And that Good. it was basically a byproduct of loving the thing you do 
and just a lot of luck. You know what I mean? And I don't, I don't mean that in like a false humility. Because how do you translate? How do you translate luck to kids? I, I've struggled with that as a parent. Well, like, for me, how talk, do you harness that luck? It's so funny. Whenever I think of the word luck, I, somehow this came up in a conversation with a friend the other day. I always picture being in seventh grade and I saw this poster on the wall at the gym and it said, luck is when skill meets opportunity. And it's these two guys wrestling, you know, and like this really funny pose. The guy's got his like face against the mat. I love so, the way you think, bro. I love how that sticks in your mind about anything. It always does. Every time I hear the word luck, it's just like that poster pops in my mind. When skill meets opportunity. So like I bring that up because like I've had so much luck. Like it's it's almost based on luck. But I'm not trying to say I don't have confidence in the songwriting and the songs and like what my band does. Like we, we practice really hard and we're very into it and we love it. But I have so many friends that have so many, so many talented friends with bands and stuff. And it doesn't always line up where the luck thing happens, you yeah, know? And it's yeah. like, I mean, we could go back and this lucky I was there to get invited on the first tour of Ben Harper. Like yeah. I wouldn't have had a music career if I didn't do that tour with Ben. And yeah. he played on my first album. Yeah. Um, you know, JP Plunier, his manager at the time just happened to walk into the place we were editing the surf movie and that conversation began and he produced the record. Like so many little things I look back and like, whoa, if that one conversation never happened, it would have, none of this would have. I know you live in the moment as much as you can. Every artist does or you wouldn't be writing songs trying to reflect what you've been through in order to create a moment for everybody. But it, like, do you, are you a reflective person? I've never asked you that before. But whenever we talk, you know, I feel like sometimes you don't mind going back and and celebrating those moments like mm -hmm. that and and, and being open to that. A lot of artists right. just don't want to even acknowledge it. It's like, oh, that was that. I'm moving right, forward. Right, right. Right. What's your relationship with like what has happened? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I always like some of my favorite books are the the couple of Kurt Vonnegut ones where there's like time. Oh, no, it's not, not Time Quake. It's a, a later one. It's uh, Sirens of Titan mm -hmm. and then Slaughterhouse-Five where he talks about how the Trophimadorians, Tra like this alien race, see time. And they see it like a mountain range, you know, they can see the past, the present, and the future all at once. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, I don't know, sometimes like, I try to think of time like that. Obviously you can't really, but it's um, it's a cool way to visualize it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The mo I think on this new album, for instance, um, the song Meet the Moonlight. Like, yeah. To me, that's one of the songs where I'm, I'm intentionally meditating on that idea of giving the moment at least as much focus as you can you kind of, you can't, you have to think about the future. I mean, you got to think about at least five minutes into the future. You have to think about your long-term goals and whatnot. See, I think it's just a practice. I think you're right. I, I think achieving that ultimate sense of like nirvana in the moment is, I think what it's designed to do is to encourage us to strive for it mm -hmm. and get as close as we can. Yeah. Because the pursuit is kind of the method. Yeah. I think there yeah, is no, yeah. there's no actual arrival there because if there is, it's like, well, you'll be dead in three days because yeah. you ain't gonna move. Like, yeah. you know, nothing's gonna. You're not gonna be thinking. You're gonna be like, yeah. Even like right now, I'm just thinking about a thought I had two days, three days ago. We were, we played Jimmy Kimmel last night, mm. and um, and it's always exciting. It's like a mixture of um, excitement but also nerves and stuff. But I was thinking about like, hey, that's we're rehearsing for that. It's like it's so easy to think about that, and it's three days ahead. And at some point, I was like, I've been through this enough times to know that like. It'll be the date the next day, and I'll wish I would have played it a little better. Yeah, yeah. And it's like that moment's already gone. Yeah. And it's like, so just try to be in this moment right here with the band, just rehearsing and not even like thinking about that. <laughs> and just like enjoy drinking coffee with your friends and the conversation. Wow. Just like, so every once in a while, like, I'll find a way to draw my back. We were joking the other day because, like, you can keep looking forward and you can keep making plans, 
but we've all seen the ending and it's not that great. See, you see. <laughs> you know true. what I mean? Like all it's of us true. get to this point where it ends. It's true. And it's like, it's so true. I mean, that's the big trick is like, how do you, how do you at least acknowledge the present moment? That just shows me and everyone listening and watching right now that exactly what I'm talking about. Like you are on, your process is getting more refined. Well, yeah. I mean, I try it. Like, I think the songs to me are just like reminders to myself. Like that Meet the Moonlight. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like, if anything, it's just like, me taking out the trash like sometimes it's trash night and you drag the trash can out and then you look up and be like oh it's beautiful out here yeah i should stand out here for a little while there's an opportunity in there just be under the moonlight what am i doing inside like on the device or whatever and it's like i'll go inside and tell the kids like hey let's all go walk outside and just lay in the yard for a while yeah and does that work (laughs) it does and i'm not trying to paint a picture that happens all the time my point is like it should happen more it's like it's almost just like whenever those random moments come it's a reminder to this to myself and it's like a, a song like meet the moonlight that's more of a a meditation for myself and then it's like kind of going back to the editing process it's like when i decide like oh this is this seems worth sharing it's kind of like with the songs it's not like i have some new uh thing i'm trying to teach anybody i think most of the time as a music fan and when i hear a line from greg brown say that i just love it's usually i'm like oh yeah yeah there's the thought that i've had a million times but i've never been able to articulate it into a sentence and it's like he did that for me thank you and then it's like if anything i feel like sometimes with the songs that are more successful on it's like Maybe it's just tying the emotion of the chord changes with the words that seem to kind of explain it pretty well. And it's, it gets across a certain feeling that I know everybody's felt, but maybe it can articulate it in a way that it'll, it'll feel worthwhile. It's funny you should talk about your words, though. And uh, it's, it's, it strikes me that, um, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of obsessed with this analysis that, you, um, that you're involved in, in, in sort of pick, how you relate to your own words and what you're willing to let go and not let go of. We asked this kid, Cole, who's a friend of his, who's the biggest Jack Johnson fan, I said, okay, what's his favorite lyric? I'm interested. What's his mm. favorite lyric? And you know, he chose an obvious one, but it's a beautiful one, which is there's no combination of words I could put on the back of a postcard. Oh, that's nice. And when you think about that, it, it's such a beautiful lyric because it, it conjures up so many different, there's layers of feeling to that, right? Yeah. It's like the idea of taking the time to buy the postcard, what is on the front of the postcard, right, right, right. you know, like then what do I put on the back of the postcard? I can't even think of what to put on the back of the postcard, but I chose the postcard, which means I'm thinking of you. There's so right. many things if you want to get into it. Yeah, right? yeah, that's no, cool to hear. That could have not come out. If you think about it, on a right. bad day, yeah. where you'd have sat there in your own process, yeah. you could have probably sliced that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. I mean, oh, it's nice to hear, like, when you said that line, it's funny when you hear a line or, like, I'll be every once in a while, like, in, a, in the grocery store and one of my songs will come on. And, like, at first, when you first hear it, and, like, especially in, like, a muffled situation, like, you hear more, like, the bass and the changes, and I was like, you'll be like, oh, I know this song. And, like, sometimes, like, half the time you'll be like, I know this song and I like this song. What is this? And then the other half is like, I know this song. It kind of annoys me. Oh, shoot. That's one of mine. You know? <laughs> and it's like funny when you said those, when you said that line right there, I was like, oh, that's kind of a pretty line. Oh, I wrote that. That's you cool. Did. And it was like, it's nice to hear when you, every once in a while, I'll appreciate some of my own. You know, sometimes I get embarrassed when I hear them. But, um, yeah. but that, I remember writing that one. And I remember, I remember writing that song. And it's funny, like, to talk about that song for a second, because that's become by far uh, the song that, just I know from people sharing personal experiences, like that's the one that's connected with the most people better yeah. together. And people have used it during their wedding day or like, um, you know, for like, people have told me they had my playlist on when they uh, when their baby came into the world and things yeah. like that, which is really important. Like that's a beautiful moment. It's but, also a beautiful reconciliation song too. Yeah. Because it's a yeah. real love letter. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And um, so anyways, like I remember writing that song and feeling pretty good about it. And then... Um, like thinking, oh, this is this is a nice sentiment. And then when I, the first couple times, I remember being backstage, I think I was kind of like on tour when we were finishing a little bit and I started playing it just acoustic 
well, I guess it's acoustic anyway, but to people. And, and I remember just kind of feeling like I could tell people would kind of get quiet and listen to the whole thing. And it would just like, I was like, oh, this song seems like it's connecting, you know, and it was just strange to then put it out into the world and kind of let it go. And like, you realize it becomes just as much everyone else's once you decide to let it go. And can you enjoy that moment on stage when you've let it go? It belongs to us. We sing it back to you. Can you get close to describing a great moment when you watch people respond to music in real time? Yeah, I, I, for me, it's like I can't overstate it. Like I'm, like all of us. I mean, I'm such a music fan. I know you are too, just from all of our conversations on and off the microphone, yeah. just getting to know each other. Is I've been to so many shows growing up where it's like I'm on, I'm in the audience and somebody plays a song that means so much to you. When you have that connection, it's really. It is pretty interesting to be on on the microphone singing it. And then a song, I don't do it a whole lot. I don't do that thing where like I grab the mic and turn it to the audience or anything, but that's the one song yeah. where I do feel like it's everyone's now. And so I'll kind of back up on certain parts. When I can really hear the audience singing it, I'll kind of just back off the mic. Yeah. Sometimes I'll find myself like I'm able to go like eight feet back and then yeah. all of a sudden it's just everybody singing and then I'll kind of creep back up on it. And it's like this nice moment where it, I guess it's almost an acknowledgement. It's all of ours. You know, it's, it's like I said, it's just you. You put something into words that uh, that everybody feels, and you're kind of the lucky person that kind of figured out how to the chord changes and stuff that worked with it. Cause magic in it. Yeah. How can you not believe magic. in magic if you love music? Well, I do believe. I mean, I like the idea that divinity doesn't have to transcend reality. You know, it's like. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I had to draw one. Then. I like the idea. I didn't that make the, that. I'd read that somewhere. It's but still it, beautiful. It but you said it like you made it, man. Own that. <laughs> Own that. Yeah, yeah, that was a thought I had yesterday. No, um, no, but anyways, it's like you know, there's, there's, you look at everything. Everything's so beautiful in nature, and so the, everything is magic. It can either all be magic or none of it's magic. It's up to you. you know? Do you find that that changes? That concept changes. It gets, it gets more heightened as you sort of mature, or it gets harder to to hold on to that wonder as you mature. I don't think so. I think like if you're lucky, you kind of just start seeing it a little through people you love, you know, and maybe they're like going through things you did and um, when you were younger and it reminds you of the feeling or you're seeing it from a, from a, it's funny, like I think a couple albums ago, I remember feeling like I was in this place of um, the record to the sea. I had my own kids, but my father was just passing away and I kind mm -hmm. of felt, I remember having this like, um, this vision of like reaching one way for my dad to hold his hand and the other way to hold my kid's hand mm -hmm. and trying to figure out like, am I a kid, am I a dad, what am I? You know, like a young father, trying to figure your place. And now I just feel so much like a dad. You know, I hate the, yeah. my managers in the other room being like, Shh, don't say that, you're sounding so old. And it's, <laughs> but no, I, I very much just identify as a father now. Me too. And I see so much like when I watch and my And I'm kids, on TikTok, come on, Emmett. Give it the program, man. <laughs> cool dads, cooldads.com. No, no, he's a cool dad. He backs that, know, he backs my whole idea. But like the other day they sent my, my family, they sent me up yesterday while I was gone. They sent me a video of this little dog. They're like, we should get this dog. Look how cute it is. A friend has this dog. And I'm the guy who has to be kind of like, I don't know, guys, a dog's a lot of responsibility. You as well? I'm, I'm the, the same. I'm the dad. So let me ask you whether it ends the way that it ends for me. Hi, dog. Yeah, yeah, Welcome yeah. to the house, dog. Get it's back, a losing battle for me every time. Get back to me in a week. I'll tell you how it went. I'm not sure. So I'm telling you exactly how it's going to go, yeah, bro. It's a yeah. losing battle. I have a 12-year-old daughter. I'm losing every You're time. You're losing right every single she's time. Getting, she's getting, the force is strong in this one. 100%. <laughs> she's getting really strong. I, I thought what you said before about the idea of um, holding on on one hand and reaching out on the other super powerful mm -hmm. i'm kind of going through that to some degree myself right now in, in some capacity and there are moments bro where like i get really nervous that the things that i used to hold on to that i felt were going to just feed me forever mm -hmm. aren't really feeding 
going to feed me the way they used to, right? Mm. Which is called growth. Yeah. But yeah. it's scary. Right. You know, do you ever sort of ever have moments like that? Like, yeah, you make beautiful records and you have your friends in the band, but your kids are getting older and mm. things moving forward in life. And how do you sort of find a balance between remaining excited about things? Which isn't to say I don't love what I do, but yeah, yeah, no, just being you. really transparent, man. Yeah. Like, those crossroads can be scary for people. I think if you're lucky, and I don't want to say like you have to have kids to experience this. Like I know um, I can think of a few uncles right now that are father figures to me that yeah. um, I know our relationship's close enough. And the way I feel about a few of my, my kids' friends that might not, you know, have like parental figures as much in there. And it's like, I feel a connection with them. And it's like, if you're lucky, I think you start to kind of um, watch others have the experience and you still got to find a reason to joyfully participate every day. And you still got to, you know, find those those things that give you bliss in the world. But like you're saying, if they stop feeding you quite as much and you're able to see others and kind of be able to pass that love on and realize like, oh, they're now they're now in the middle of it and they're feeling then I think that makes the the whole thing about the ending we were talking about that's not always that great, probably a little easier. Yeah. You know, because you're kind of like you've transferred it all. I have one song. I mean, I hate to keep quoting my own songs, but Please, the song's that's why really, you're here, bro. Well, well, the, by the way, we, I would love to talk to you on a spiritual and holistic level only anytime you yeah, want, but that's no, probably not on the right, mic. Right. It's uh well, it's funny because the songs really are my thoughts yeah, on the pure. deepest level that I can go. Is you know, I'm trying to share the ones I've had. So it, there's a song called Turn Your Love I have, and it's um it was time to turn your love, give it back. It was when my dad was passing, you know, and I was like watching him and it was it was right towards the end and it was just like for some reason the metaphor of like turning a garden over came in my mind so like the idea of you're putting it in you're giving the energy back to this new thing that's going to grow it's like compost to the soil yeah. it's like soil compost you yeah. know it's like you the energy doesn't well who knows what happens but it's like if it if it isn't reincarnation and there's not a whole thing that gets to stay together it's like the soul might just dissolve into this like energy that now is able to feed the next thing and it's um that's something that guys zach and my band we talk a lot about mystical stuff and so anyways like soul compost is one theory we have might be the deal and so yeah turn in the garden like turn it over turn your love how do you remember your dad what is the what is the what is the strength you remember he was very eccentric like he was uh just a sweetheart of a human but he like like the way he would father is like a lot of times he would say the day i had all my bags packed he'd be like you sure you want to go over to california like that's where he grew up you know and and then he moved to hawaii when he was 20 he sailed there and raised us in Hawaii. And then wow. he was like, there's a lot of people over there, you know? And he started like putting all these doubts in my mind to like kind of make sure that I really want to do it. And then he was like, what are you going to study? And I was like, I don't know yet. And he's like, you should think about being an actuary. And I was like, didn't even know what it is. I look it up, you know? And, and then it's basically, it's like somebody who sets insurance rates. Um, <laughs> and so like, but he's like the most, he's like somebody who built boats and like sailed and did all this like just outer stuff and then but he's telling me i should become an actuary and then it's like so then not even kidding i started studying like statistics at college because i was like i guess like i had no direction i was like maybe i'll be an actuary and my wife luckily we had a math class together and she was like tutoring me um we were boyfriend girlfriend at the time we didn't get married that young but we met at 18 and she was like you got to find a different major like this isn't for you you know what i mean but anyways it was just funny because he was like, I think he was... Yeah, did you ever get to the bottom of where he was going? I mean, most parents will have, will have a pretty surface idea about what that was. Yeah. You know, which is a sort of, it's kind of a lesson and it's a and it's a, it's a a sort of dare at the same time. Well, I think it was what it is, is he realized, and it's something I'm not that good at doing, is like you almost want to go exact opposite of what your father tells you sometimes. So exactly. That's <laughs> so the dare. That's the yeah, dare yeah, part. And the yeah, lesson is... The dare, exactly. The, the, the lesson is... 
And he knew that. He was like, he didn't want me to be an actuary. No. But he would be like, maybe you should go for that. But what he's saying <laughs> is, like, what's your, what's your plan B? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you don't like that question, yeah. you better f- seriously commit to yeah. plan A. He was always there for us, but he would also, like, uh, take off. He was somebody who knew how to sail really well. And so he would, people would hire him to, like, sometimes people will sail one direction because it's the easy route to, say, go from California to Hawaii. He's, like, yeah. downwind. But like people would hire him to bring their boats back sometimes, you know, like the ways that he just loved being out in the ocean by himself. Wow. So he would go with a few friends. So sometimes he would just disappear for like a month when we were little kids, you know, and my mom would just be around and we'd be like, where'd dad go again? She's like, oh, he's, and she'd show us like a map. He's like down here in Tahiti and he'll be back. Don't what worry. a free life. And I, but, but it's before phones and stuff. So we just wouldn't talk to him for a month or two. You know what I mean? But it wasn't all the time, but I was like, sometimes in the summer he would get hired to go like sail somebody's boat. And, um. So that was like always like a trippy deal. It was like a little bit of an odyssey kind of thing. Like, where's the, where's that again? Like, should we go find them? Gee, I wonder if that, <laughs> I wonder if that influenced you even just in your subconscious somewhat and, and, and with your desire to, you know, you're a traveler. Yeah. I mean, it's different. Yeah. You're not on a sailboat in the elements, but you're definitely out there. You know, it's, I'm going to go ahead and say this right now, but it's funny because I, I could be ruining myself. I never seen the movie and I don't know why. I can't believe I have, I'm going to go watch it tonight. But um, my dad used to always, when the music got real popular, in the very beginning, he would be like, you sure you want that? That seems like a, kind of strange, you know, like, are you sure you want all that? And I would have to kind of be like, I don't know, you know, whatever. And it kept growing and it was a little out of my control, but obviously you have control. You have to make a decision. Yeah. And, um, and then he was like, what's everybody's, what, like, what do you think everybody's seeing in your music? What, what is it that's attracting? And then he would be like, I think you're a little bit like Chance the Gardener. He, and it's like a mo- being there, I guess. Yeah. And it's like. I can't, everybody's going to go watch it now and be like, oh my God, that's how his dad thought of him. But it's like this character, I guess, that um, was just saying things he was actually seeing in the garden. And everybody would think it was a metaphor and everybody started, I guess, thinking that this gardener was um, like poetic, but the the gardener wasn't even in on it. He just was saying things he was seeing. And my dad kind of, he would always think of me like that. He's like, I think people might be reading into your songs more than you've are intending to even be writing, you know? Can I, can I drop one for whatever he is? Can I just do that? Because that is like... Love you, Dad. That's a, such a beautiful moment, man, when I... I mean, that's the, that's, the, that's the parent we also, also aspire to be as somebody who can contextualize something everybody else has taken way out of context. Yeah, I think you would try to instill humility in me. Yeah, you for know? real. Well, he was very successful. Man. He'd always come into the studio and he'd ask us, like, what do we... He would come in the morning, he would check it out, and then he would come later in the evening and check it again. It'd be like, sounds exactly the same as it did this morning. You guys, what are you doing here? You guys should just, I don't understand. Why don't you just play the song? Like, he would always be like, why don't you just put up all the microphones, play it once, and then you could go surf or do whatever, and you don't have to be in here all day, you know? Because we'd be in there being like, should the vocals come up a DB? Oh, yeah. Now, the tambourine's too, you got to put it over here. But that's the one thing, to the left. That's and, the one thing that I think that, that your dad either realized and didn't communicate, or perhaps just didn't realize, which is actually, that as much as we lament all that sh- that is the fun part. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It is. Really it is fun. the fun part. I mean, yeah. really, I think a lot of that stuff is really just prolonging the inevitability, which is at some point we have to leave this room. Yeah, exactly. It's true. I know. And it's and then you second guess the mixes and then the whole thing the whole time anyway. So I mean, like, it must have been tough for you and Blake to actually say, okay, we're done. I mean, if you've, you've found a brand new friend, you're in Hawaii eating home-cooked food, it's a beautiful experience, and you're yeah. writing the best songs of your life potentially. How do you stop? Kind of just worked out perfect. We both had these little windows, and we knew what they were, and we would just go like, let's try our best with the amount of time we have. And it's like, sometimes those time limits are the best thing you could have, you know? Yeah, it's true. Uh, I mean, without it, I don't think anyone executes, to be honest, because again, why would we? Yeah. If I'm obsessed with 
song one on an album and I'm obsessed with song 10 on an album. Mm. And we started, you know, with just kind of, I think it's a very deliberate beginning. You know, asking a question is always a great way to begin a journey. And I think, mm -hmm. uh, I wonder what any wonder why it's the last song on the record. For yeah, you. that one, um, it was like a, a melody I kind of had around for a while. If it's... And so I kind of just had that around for a while. And then um, this time around, there was like, I showed that to Blake. And it was, that's the best thing with a producer sometimes is like, or, you know, anybody in the room, sometimes there's somebody else in the band. It's just like somebody you trust when you, when you play them something and they say, hey, that's the, that's your strongest idea you even have on the whole. So I, when yeah. I played him that one, Blake, I remember saying like, whoa, where's that one been? That's, you, you got to finish that one. That's, yeah. that's the best one. And yeah. I would, I would, uh, here's like 10 others. And he would be like, no, but the one you showed me yesterday, he kept saying like, let's make sure you work on that one. Give yeah. that one time. And so it was cool because then I would like wake up early and I was just kind of sitting outside one day and I was like, um working on that song like before the sun came up i was lucky because sometimes those like semi-sleepless nights really help because oh, then they're I, brilliant your subconscious yeah. is completely at play and you're not all the way awake you know and yeah, everything yeah, and so yeah. then i kind of got up and the sun hadn't rose yet and it was getting towards the end i was like i gotta finish some lyrics and like so i was sitting outside and i was thinking like it was this nice moment where the birds weren't even making noise yet and then like while i was playing like somewhere in the middle then i started hearing one bird chirp and then a couple more and it was just this quiet moment was in it and it was like realizing kind of the thing we've been talking about a lot today is like you just can't hold on and like no matter how beautiful that morning was when it started the sun started rising I was almost disappointed of like oh I can't even hold on to this morning and that be and I was losing a really close uncle at the time mm -hmm. um and so it just uh was like and then singing to my own father it was like all that came together you can't hold on to it but like the best you can do is uh at least try to grab on to these these little moments so it, the first couple lines I guess were uh Well, is it any wonder, or can I believe in another morning that I can't keep? I sing all alone now, the birds are still sleeping, a passing storm off in the distance looks so peaceful. And what's the chorus of? Morning comes and goes I can't hold on to now It's so hard to let go And baby, I don't know how The light will come and go We get so lost somehow It's so hard to let go If you can hear me now it's like a sum up of everything we've been talking about this morning. It sums up you know? everything. It sums up absolutely everything, man. It's, it's um, up. wow. It's so, part of this never ending. <clears throat> well, it does end. We know how it ends. Yeah, it's not. It ends badly for all of us. Yeah. Well, or you know, maybe it's not that bad. Who knows? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Just turn the garden over. It's fine. Turn the garden it's over. Fine. We'll think it like that. Watch but all the new little sprouts. Everything will be all right. Everything will be all right. Yeah. Look, you know, when you're able to put yourself in an environment where you're open and you hear what is being told to you and then it lands in a way that is shareable and we get to experience it and then it lives forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, 
that's it. Yeah, yeah that's cool. I mean, on the other side, it could be like, give you a little bit of anxiety sometimes. Have I shared too much? Like, you know what I mean? It's, um, it's always like a strange thing. But this is the crazy, this is a, one of the big revelations in this conversation for me and you as we get to know each other in this life, man, is that like you really do push yourself to let go of these things. Mm -hmm. And that it stri strikes me that perhaps this is an eight protectiveness in you of like, I don't know, I don't know. Will people like it? Should I, should I, should mm -hmm. I, should I? And yet sure. here you are on what? I mean, how many albums now? Seven, eight? Yeah, I think eight. Eight? Yeah. Like, I'm glad that voice is winning the war. Thanks, I appreciate it. But you know, it's fun. <laughs> I think back like in the same way of like seeing that wrestling poster, like a lot of times when I... <laughs> <laughs> love that wrestling person. Bro, you're going to be 110. They're gonna, you're going to be like their last breath. Your loved ones will be around you and, and, and you're the biggest extended family and it'll be a peaceful. Maybe you'll go out good. And the last thing you're going to say is that fucking poster. It's when hope meets opportunity. <laughs> it's going to be the last image. These two guys wrestling. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you're going to get to the fucking pearly gates and whatever yeah. spiritual entity is waiting for you is going to be cracking up laughing. That guy is getting his face rubbed on the wrestling match. They're going to present it to you He's framed. Here's your entrance to the next round. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a crappy 80s poster well Jack you, everything you needed to know in life was right there yeah, on that yeah. poster if it is in fact a subliminal <laughs> journey and everything we see around us is in all the nuances in the space the yeah. Blake Mills effect right. then that shit was on a poster when you were yeah, in yeah. school <laughs> Thank you to Jack Johnson for stepping into the interview series and being so candid up front. And as always, just super chill. Really enjoyed it. If you did also, then please add a rating, a comment. And if you haven't yet, then uh, stay connected by following this series right here on Apple Podcasts. Thanks again.